You're listening to MeSearch, a podcast featuring Filipino perspectives. In this show, we talk to trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses in the community to find out more about what they do. Join us as we learn and get to the bottom of things. Stay tuned. Hi, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. Hey, me searchers. Turn down your earbuds, everybody. Whoa. Wow. Wow. But you know wow. what? We're excited today because this is a Hell special yeah. episode. Uh, I don't even know <sighs> how this happened. And I'm a little bit envious, but that's okay. We can move forward beyond this. But I will say thank you to Tremendous, um, Jeremiah, and Ashley. Jeremiah um, Abraham and Ashley Rupuano, who are from Tremendous Communications. And they are a PR group, marketing agency, specifically specializing in the promotion of POC art, film, TV, etc. Um, yeah. And through them, we were able to get an interview with Lydia with Lydia Gaston and Tia Carrer from the film <gasps> Easter Sunday. <laughs> um, so Easter Sunday, do you want to give a little spiel just briefly about what is Easter Sunday and who's in it? Okay, so this is the much-anticipated studio film of Jokoi. Uh, we all know him as the stand-up comedian, and he is making his debut performance in a film as an actor, mm-hmm. um, as Joe Valencia. So the story is based upon his life, and it is uh, focused on a day, which is Easter Sunday, uh, which is a big deal to the Valencia family and to many Filipino families across the globe. Um, and all the hijinks and chaos and love and fun that happens when family comes together for a big family gathering or holiday. Ha ha. <laughs> 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 little father and son road trip. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Easter Sunday is like the Filipino Super Bowl. There he is. There's my Kuya. Welcome home, bro. See you tonight, okay? I just got here. You got to follow your dream and become a beer spokesman. That was my dream. Let's get the party started, baby! And I got to follow mom's dream and become a nurse. So, um, the film at this point, by the time the episode comes out, the film will have gone out. Um, mm-hmm. And we're super grateful and excited to be part of the history behind this film. <laughs> um, in that we... Um, are are doing our part to make sure that uh, the art within our community is celebrated and uh, widely accessible across the globe. Um, we have some thoughts about the film itself, but we were able to, Crystal was able to uh, sit down with Tia Carrera and Lydia Gaston to um, have a very cool um, and interesting <laughs> conversation. And there were some themes that came from that, and that is what this episode is all about. Um, How are you feeling in this moment, though, Crystal, knowing that you had an Uh, opportunity to sit with some (laughs) amazing women? 
<laughs> Let's start there. How do you feel? <laughs> Let's freaking start there. Um, my heart is just like I think in the last couple of days, just like a lot of things have transpired uh, with like this interview and other like personal things, and but this is a big contribution of this image. So if you can imagine, like my heart. Filling up my entire upper body. (laughs) (laughs) That is how um, big my heart feels. Um, Side note, I just, you know, I love my students and I love my work as a teacher. And like, that's a a lot of what is happening in my heart right now and all the art that's being made in my classrooms. But also to be at a... To be, oh my god, I'm getting emotional already. <laughs> Just to be at a round table with um, two strong, legendary Filipina artists, Filipina women who, you know, Lydia has been in theater and coming from a theater background. I'm just like... I just want to, like, if I could just, like, have coffee with you for, like, an hour (laughs) 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 to talk about, like, what that transition was for for you in in theater to, you know, film and uh, screen acting. Like, I just want to pick her brain about that. And, you know, she's done such incredible things and she's been in the game, you know. And then we have Tia Carrere. Tia freaking Carrere, she was the first person to walk into the room when it was time. Uh-huh. So we all we all, were all in this like hotel room at the London, and then um, they call you in, and like I just so happened to see Leo from um, One Down. From One Down, shout outs Leo, shout outs to Leo and Sarah. So that was wonderful. Um, I also saw a friend uh, we used to organize together. Um, Yaz, who writes for The Inquirer, and then I made a new friend from Mixed Asian Media. Her name is Alex. Shout out to Alex. Shout outs. Shout outs. Um, and so, yeah, so we're all, we get called in. And of course, I went to craft services because it's my first press junket. I am going to go in on the craft services because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just wanted the whole experience. Mm-hmm. And thank you to Warner Brothers and Tremendous <laughs> and Ashley for like, you know, this is such a cool experience and press junket. There was like dope food. There was like a place to get hair and your hair and makeup touched up if you were doing, you know, an interview on camera with the actors. Um, hopefully that is, that's us next time. (laughs) (laughs) But this was our first junket. So this was a really awesome introduction into what it means to be press. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like all of these episodes have led up to this moment. (laughs) (laughs) You are so right. Yes. Yes. And like, oh my gosh, we, we, we are like, we're media. We're yeah that's that's what we're doing yes what we've been doing and now we're kind of like we're going out into you know different ponds yes (laughs) and it's cool to be it was really cool to be in that space it was cool to be amongst these like um you know fellow report well fellow reporters i guess Mm -hmm. fellow press Uh, (laughs) fellow press fellow press fellow press and then also one one other thing i wanted to share which was like such an amazing moment and like literally was 
crying on the way home because it's just I was just so happy, you know, I was just oh. so happy for all the things. <laughs> I was um I exited the hotel and I was like, oh my gosh, I just like finished my first press junket and as as I was waiting for my car in Valais <laughs> <laughs> when I was waiting for my car, um there was this Filipino gentleman who was like getting his studio equipment and putting it in the truck. And I like I gave him a little a wave and hello. Um and then he's like, Oh my gosh, it's just like so amazing to see so many Filipinos here for like for press and like for this like Filipino movie. And I'm like, I know <laughs> I know And then I was like, What are you like what what's your role here today for the junket? And this gentleman said, you know, I'm doing uh, I do sound for Entertainment Weekly. And I was like, oh, my, oh my God. Gosh. And then I was like, all right, well, my car is here. I will see you next time because there will be a next time. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so I'm so proud of you for holding it down for me, Search. Unfortunately, I couldn't be there. <laughs> there was okay. there was a there was a conflict and I could not attend, which is very unfortunate, but I am still so happy and so proud of you for being there and representing for me search because um you're totally right like all of what we've done up to this point has uh really prepared you to sit in front of people and ask really difficult questions and participate in the conversation and also advance um just like this whole mission of what we've been trying to do with all of the people who've been on the show of like just trying to have more representation trying to um, empower other other people in the community to just continue working, sharing the work, and like empowering other people to do work as well. Yeah. Uh, uh. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> let's talk about kind of the themes that came from your interview, and we'll like inter we'll we'll splice in kind of clips from uh, from that conversation here. So let's talk about this idea of use of, of accents in, in media, specifically Filipino accents. One of the central themes in the film was this idea of when is it okay to use a Filipino accent for a role? So we have had a number of conversations offline and online, like with the show mm -hmm. and whatnot, of like, is it appropriate to put on an accent when you don't normally speak uh, Filipino. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from folks who are in the industry who happen to play uh, folks with accents in films? Yeah. Um, so both Lydia and um, Tia spoke about their experience. Lydia being in The King and I and having to learn um, like a Thai accent and then um, seeing later on how it evolved into like a more recent production of King and I where there were no more accents. It's just like people being people, you mm -hmm. know? When I first did the King and I with Yul Brynner, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, there was like fake Asian accent that mm -hmm. actors used. Uh, and then when I did the 96 King and I, um, we did, we had a coach for the Thai kind of English, and but then in the 
2015 Lincoln Center, there was really no accent, I don't think. You know, it was just your people, your characters in, mm-hmm. in the show, in the play. Um, and then Tia talked about like her process, you know, in her in her earlier years of acting and how she had to also learn accents. And they they talk about how like, you know, if it it serves a story, then it wouldn't make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. I think of myself as the Asian Meryl Streep of accents. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. But I have played every single accent under yeah. the sun. And. You know, when you're just grateful, I'm an actor first, so I'm just grateful that I get up to bat. And if I can do my best in that particular role, if I'm, you know, the terrorist in the rice paddy, Viet Cong, whatever, I mean, I'm going to do Vietnamese accent. If I'm, you know, uh, the little girl from Canton, you know, that's, uh, and it's written in there that's, you know, Cassandra has a Cantonese accent, I mean, I'm going to do it. but if it's like, you know, I'm a lawyer in Pacoima, I'd have to fight the fight and say, why can't she be an American and speak with an American accent? You know, uh, might be even be funnier if I had a Southern accent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's about um, taking it on a case-by-case basis. And, you know, you have to sort of only check with yourself. Yeah. And see. Yeah. I think it's interesting now how we are coming to a place where actors are having the choice and it also poses the question I think if there is a character that is a specific ethnicity or comes from a specific culture there is probably someone out there like all the Filipino people that we saw regardless of like where they come from if they're from America if they're from Canada if they're from anywhere in the diaspora if they're in the Philippines they could maybe take on like what you know a Filipino person's accent would take on depending on where they're from in the story mm-hmm. um we don't need to outsource <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it that's a good yeah way to put we it. don't need to outsource and um I think there is a choice now, and now that things are changing, I feel like the choice should be clear. (laughs) Yeah, and I think after listening to what was said in the interview and after ruminating on all of what we've talked about in the past, I think where I've landed right now, and I'm not sure if my opinion will deviate in the future, but where I am right now is that if, if, if it serves a purpose, sure. If you've done your due diligence to find an actor who could who is authentic to the role, that would probably be ideal. But to have the accent for the purpose of, you know, making the accent in and of itself the joke, that yeah. I feel like is kind of not appropriate. And I think that's where a lot of the conversation is today, particularly in media, maybe social media. With um, folks making like bite-sized content on like TikTok or like Instagram and whatever, um, or YouTube even, where folks are putting on the accent and that is like mm-hmm. the content. The accent is the content. Um, whether or not the accent is um, authentic or not, like the butt of the joke is is the accent. And I think maybe that's where the conversation is probably going to be headed as we as we move forward in what our place in media looks like in the arts. What does that look like and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, just to, 
echo on that. It's um, ch- check the joke. <laughs> yeah, check the content. <laughs> What's the punchline? <laughs> What's the punchline? What's the punchline? If, punch no, if there is no punchline, then there is no joke. Mm-hmm. It's just you demeaning the accent. So yeah, I I know that we grew up with that kind of humor, mm-hmm. but I think now that we have all the access to more information and people talking about it more, I feel like we should do a better job at checking ourselves and just, you know, not that you have to tread so lightly, but just is the accent the joke? (laughs) I think also we're at a point, maybe in comedy, where we should hold maybe comedians or writers to to higher standards. These are very smart people. Um, who have the capacity of writing a sophisticated joke. Like, let's push them to be more creative and smart to, like, create punchlines that are perhaps more more thought out. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Let's... You got it, y'all. Yeah, you you got it. You can can dig in. I I believe. I believe. I believe. Let's talk about um, this idea of how the industry has changed over time, specifically for Asians and Filipinos, maybe in TV and film. They spoke mm-hmm. a little bit about this in your interview. What do you feel like are nuggets of gold from that conversation pertaining to how things have changed over time? Um, so they were talking about how we need to come together um, and really show studios and I'd say I want to like extend it out to all industries. Right. But like, of, of course, in this case, and also for ourselves, <laughs> like <laughs> we as Filipinos, as a community, as like folks in America, we have we have money. You know? Yeah. So um, we got to put our money where. People who are at the top who are looking at this through the lens of business, like um, uh, Tia says that this is show business. I think um, that we've gotten to a point where there are more of us in the workplace, in you know, and we come together as a economic demographic. We're more yeah, out right. there in positions of power in Hollywood too. So there's more of this. Hey, why don't we see more of ourselves and talking amongst ourselves? I know there's a, a group that got together yesterday. There's like people from Hawaii that got together to talk about a think tank of, of, um, of ideas and how do we synergize our power and our our, our, our reach. So I think the more of that that comes together, and then, of course, the more people that show up for the movie and pay their money, put their money where their mouth is, the next time we get to do it again and again and again. So it's all about, you know, Hollywood is show business. It's not, you know, anything else. But if you if you show up uh, and you spend the money and they see that they can make money on this type of movie, yeah. it will happen again. Don't forget it's a business, right? Mm-hmm. I hate that, of course. You know, I hate that it is a business, but it is a business. Mm-hmm. And, um, but so simply put, we just got to go out and support each other, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Like, 
You want to see more Filipino content? Like, if you're at the movie theater or if you're you're on your phone and you're about to go watch a movie and you're trying to decide which movie you should watch, pick the Filipino one. <laughs> if yeah. you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. And, um... I love how, like, Lydia says, like, we feel now that our stories are worth hearing um, because they are. And mm-hmm. I feel like deep down we know that. And because of colonial mentality, we still have so much shame. And um, she talks about how young people are more woke and, like, we're a lot more proactive. I think young Asian Americans are also more aware, more woke. So they're proactive and and I really see that mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they've been pushing the envelope there and I think it's good for us <laughs> yeah and also we have the technology today yeah. too right. I mean you can make a movie with your iPhone yeah. people are yeah. putting films on YouTube and, yeah. and being creative it's more the democratization of the arts I yeah. think yeah what make, which makes it a little more accessible yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get stuff in front of the eyes that can go hey yeah know, and and that. like what Joe says and other Asian American writers that I I've done work with, uh, we feel that our stories are worth hearing, um, which is a wonderful feeling. You know, it's it's also an American story. We got to really like keep that momentum going of proactiveness because this is why like stories are coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. people have been taking the action, have been trying to put money into Filipino art so that, you know, this has happened. Like everyone watches Jokoi. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everywhere. This is why he got this movie. Mm-hmm. So we got to do that for everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel that this is um, things have changed over time. Uh, it was mentioned in the interview that. um even with like online the the accessibility of art online mm. people younger folks especially are are making content making films with their phone um and i feel yes. i feel like that was a huge game changer in the last decade where uh young people especially felt a little bit more empowered to explore the the arts um and also they they felt more empowered to put themselves out there and tell stories that matter to them uh, for the community and by the community. And I think as the generations age and they're, they feel more like they're they're uh, that they belong in the media, that uh, they pursue the industry wholeheartedly, and then they end up uh, in positions of power to continue to give back. Yes. So speaking of giving back to perhaps the younger generations, you even posed a question to um, the ladies in the interview, how they would, how, what kinds of advice they would give to perhaps their children or their grandchildren being um, aunties and lolas uh, in the film Easter Sunday. Hi, my name is Crystal Tugati. I'm from Me Search Podcast. We talk about Filipino perspectives and we've been interviewing uh, folks in the Filipino community who have, blaze the trail and have um, gone away from the traditional route. So it's very exciting to be here with you both. Um, 
just blaze on the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my question for you both is, it's, it's so nice to see a movie featuring a multi-generational Filipino family. And in the movie, you both play titas and Lola. Um, what would you, what advice would you give to your grandchildren and your, uh, and your nieces and nephews in the film? In the film. In the film. And I guess we can also extend it to, like, in your personal life as... Yeah, I guess, we, you know. yeah, like, that may be my, a bigger question. It's hard yeah. to say in the film, a little yeah. like, <laughs> don't do drugs and stop stealing from your cousin, you know? I'd probably say to, uh, what's Joe's son's name in the movie? Junior? Junior. Junior, Junior also. Junior. Uh, uh, don't be like your father. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> your father needs your support. Yeah. And you should do it to you. What would you say to your grandkids if you had grandkids? Yeah, if I had grandkids. Yeah, yeah like what you're saying, be yourself. You know, it's it, find your, your identity. Be be proud of where you're from. But, you know, move forward and and, and be yourself. Yeah. So, I guess my grandkids, if my daughter didn't say, I'm never getting married, I'm never having kids. <laughs> but she's also 16. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I said when I was 16 too, honey. You wouldn't be here if I stuck to that. I mean, I, I, I think I see it in her already. Um, I would say all you need is within you and always mm-hmm. follow your truth yeah. because I know for myself, it was very difficult coming here and people telling me what you should be or which way you should go or this is the right path for you. And sometimes I did let it push me and I, I wish I had that strong voice. Um, yeah. you know, I, fortunately I was resilient. I was like, you know, the bamboo that bends and comes back up. <laughs> it was like it had to bend way back to, to you know, right myself. And it's been a very, very uh, difficult and rocky path. But I think my daughter and hopefully her offspring will be more self-assured and clear. But, but also I think they'll see in, in our case that we kept plugging up. Yeah. You we know? didn't let it stop yeah. us, even yeah. though the difficulties and the, and the mm-hmm. adversities. Because uh, I think for young people right now, there's the world is crazy. You can give up easily, you know, but gotta keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. What did you think about their response? Um, first of all, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's my turn to ask the question." <laughs> you did so good. You did so good. Oh, thank you. So, um, just to paint a picture for y'all, like we're literally at a round table in this room, and so, um, yeah, picture a round table. It was Tia. Lydia and then me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so cool. Anyway, I, I asked this question and it's it's just funny in their response because I posed the question and then I think like they're like, Oh, you want me to answer as as the Tita and the Lola? Because, you know, in that case it would be totally different from like what I would actually do myself and like okay let me extend that to like um what would you do or what would you say to to your um nieces and nephews and if you're a lola like your grandchildren and the two answers are like you know so different and like also so true because just even in that moment you see the um the array 
of or this spectrum of titaness, right? There is like the titas and the lola that you see on Easter Sunday, and like, spoiler alert, <laughs> they're just mad all the time. <laughs> And honestly, like, I could totally identify with the eternally upset Tita, who might just be my mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, love you, mom. Love you. Actually, you know, I, you know, I just want to say I really do love my mom. I know I've talked about, <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about, like, me and my mom's relationship. And we can always get in, get into that at another time but i just want to say i've come to a point in my life where i really love my mom and i tell her and it's great oh that's nice yeah, yeah. anyway healing that generational trauma <laughs> generational, <laughs> generational trauma generational trauma <laughs> <laughs> that should be a song um, yeah. yeah so there was that answer where they're like, oh, they would just be like, don't do drugs and whatever Tia said. And then as Tia and Lydia, as uh, uh, I think Tia is a, a mom and a tita, and then I think Lydia is a tita. And their answers were just like, yeah, we're soft, you know, like we're chilling, you know, and and um, what they both said to me in like their own ways is like you really just have to trust in yourself and this is what we've been talking about this entire time <laughs> <laughs> and um you know like uh tia said all you need is within you and always follow your truth and that's me search <laughs> yes it's me search it's me search and it's like Yes, like as 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 all the and we talk about this all the freaking time, the more layers we peel off, all the stupid layers of like bullshit that have been placed upon us, mm -hmm. we come to a place of like peace and joy and acceptance and love. And then when you get to that point, like it just feels like everything truly feels possible. And it's it's still hard. You know, it's still, like, challenging. Mm -hmm. And they, they too, also talked about, like, how you got to keep going. Like, the world is crazy. The world is chaotic, Lydia said. But you just have to keep going. What lives inside you is what you're supposed to give into the world. And I feel like everyone has, like, that special little thing. It is unique. It will contribute to the world in like your own way but like you just gotta uncover all of that and follow your truth and follow your gut and follow your heart and follow your talents that you have and it's just this entire thing is that <laughs> it's just like a culmination of what it means to just be yourself <laughs> listen lydia and tia thank you for validating all of the work that we've been doing the last two years yes so good so good We wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we didn't have critiques of the film. Um, so in uh, this next part of the episode, let's let's chat about maybe what we liked, maybe what we thought could have been um, done a little bit differently. So mm -hmm. um, let's start with what we liked. 
Okay. I enjoyed the fact that it was hell Filipino. That <laughs> this yeah. is, it was definitely one of the most diverse casts I've seen in a studio picture um, in a while. Um, yeah. And Ava Noblezada, she is the star for me. So um, that was, that was, oh God, she was definitely so a highlight for me. So those, those are some of my beautiful moments. What about you? What are a few of your um, highlights? Okay. Santo Nino. Oh my God, that's Santo Nino. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was so funny. Oh my Don't, God. No spoilers, no spoilers, but the Santo Nino was, had, had a very good moment. Yeah. And if you want to refer back to like my vein phobia, this is like all part of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, just watch it. You let me know. We can maybe talk about like Santa Nino and statues and um, growing up Catholic another time again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I felt that in my bones, you know, the Santo Nino moments were like, ah! <laughs> I think what we probably could say is that um, there were some moments in which the Santo Nino statue was uh, strategically placed and it was a little bit creepy in a funny way. Yeah. And I know when I was growing up, um, <laughs> just look, making eye contact with statues in general is just creepy. So they just, they played on that and it was really, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and you know, I'm just <sighs> happy to see a Filipino family on the big screen. Like yeah. just, just having this Filipino American film backed up by a studio, mm-hmm. by Amblin, by, by Warner Brothers. What? A, big deal, guys. Big deal. Very big and, deal. And I want to emphasize this because if if you're listening to this episode and you haven't gone to the theater yet to see Easter Sunday, like I said, go immediately or at your earliest convenience yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one's gonna go immediately no one ever goes immediately when you tell someone to go immediately at your earliest convenience yes at your earliest convenience gentle gentle <laughs> um but yeah it's just you know like can this be the beginning of normalizing filipino stories within the the cinematic canon yeah. Can it be? Can it be? It will be. It, it is. Will be. It is. It must. It is. It is. And you know, and I also want to shout out, like, if y'all remember the debut, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like with with uh, Dante Bosco, I remember being so excited, mm-hmm. you know, to watch that movie in 2000 at the block of Orange, you know, but like they weren't backed up. This was an independent film back then. Right. And now we have a studio film, a studio film. Y'all are always OK. Let me let me just say Filipinos like I'm not going to address the success unless it is a success. I think it should be. And I think in this case, when it comes to like film and TV and entertainment and media, this is it, y'all. <laughs> so you better go and support it. Because this is clear as day yes. that we've broken through. Yes. And we have to keep on breaking through. This is like a, you know, just yeah. a, but it's, it's, it's a pretty big nail and a, like a pretty heavy hammer. Yes. Well, 
I'm trying to find the base and you're doing that. Yeah, that's uh, uh <laughs> are you a beatboxer? What's happening? Um, yeah, it's just I, I, I'm just happy that we're seeing the beginning of something amazing and I love seeing a Filipino family on film and seeing seeing a story about Filipinos. Hello. Hello. Let's let's talk about things that we would have liked to see more of. Okay. I would have loved to see more Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> yes. Joe? Vanessa. Yeah. Joe Valencia. You still driving that same raggedy ass car? What, what happened? You just gave up, huh? And this your dad. You know me and him used to be real intimate back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah, I could have been your mama. But clearly I'm not. Yeah. I've literally never seen this many For one, in she place. is so funny. I feel like there was an opportunity to like learn more about her character because like when they introduced her, God, there was so much backstory and I was asking more questions. Yes. So I was I would have loved to see more of her. I also uh-huh. want to say perhaps my biggest criticism of the film is that there weren't more characters like Eugene Cordero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh I I say that because knowing that at my age now, I'm closer I'm I, I believe I'm closer to Joe Coy's age and that generation uh-huh. than I am to um like the Ava Noblezada uh generation, like the the children the in the cuzos, film. The cuzos, the right? cuzos. So as a Filipino American going to see a movie about Filipino Americans, I would have loved to see more folks like Joe Coy and Eugene Cordero, like the characters that they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, because we we did see definitely a lot of folks, perhaps like F- Filipinos from the Philippines. And that was like the, uh, a lot of the screen time was, was on them. I just would have expected that if if it was anything like my family, it would be huge. Like the party would have been huge. And there would yeah. have been, I have like a million cousins, but Eugene yeah. was like the only cousin. And I'm like, oh, I really wish there was more. <laughs> oh yeah, the sister was also in there and she had very little, uh, very little screen time as well. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't as sure about, um, I was curious about Joey Gila's character and Melody, Melody Butu's character. Um, I I think they were Jokoi's cousins. Yes. But I just I wanted to know if they were like from the Philippines, um, which I I can assume. But like I don't know. I just I think I I I, w- I would have maybe also wanted to see like more of more philams. I I guess like more an e- a more even number of like yeah. philam cousins and um cousins from the Philippines yeah. that immigrated here. I think I was just expecting um a, a, a larger party. family. Yeah, a bigger party. Because Yeah. I, yeah, again, pulling from my own experiences, going into a Filipino party, like you could literally say hi to 100 people. Yeah, you know what's funny though is that I come from a small ass Filipino family, so I feel oh like gosh. I was like, oh, okay, this is like. So you relate to re- that? Yeah, we don't really sit at the table though. Oh yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, we still kind of like sprinkle around the house. 
Um, but we never like sit and eat at the same time. Okay. Yeah. But that's just same. Yeah. But I think also because there's so many of us, we just come to the party at different times. So the food is always just like, (laughs) the food is always out presented as like a buffet. I don't know if there's like a proper word for it, but like people go and they serve themselves as opposed to like going to, um, like being served like in a, at a dinner table at the same same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was, yeah, that was, that was a little curious for me. Um, I'm just curious to see if, if Jokoi's family maybe grew up that way. I just, Mm -hmm. I, I didn't as well coming from a small family. Yeah. But it was nice to see a small family because like I never see Filipino small family. So that was very niche. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So then I'm glad that you, that that resonated with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was thinking like, this doesn't feel like a common experience, but that's me projecting my experience. Right. Okay. But I will say it is more common for Filipino families to be bigger. Yeah. Like people are always surprised. Filipinos are always surprised that I literally have six cousins. <laughs> yeah. I have so many. I don't even, I can't even count them. First cousins? Yes. Oh, yeah. I got six. Bruh. Oh, wait. Hold on. I got, wait. One, wait. Two. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I have seven. Seven cousins. I have seven first cousins. Okay. I have a bajillion. I also have like a bajillion like extended. I don't even know like I need to like look at my family tree because honestly like it's at a point where it's like, okay, yes, we're family, but are we family? (laughs) (laughs) So maybe this is a call. This is a this is a call for anybody who's making the sequel to Easter Sunday. It's going to be called Midnight Mass (laughs) and it's going to be a family reunion. Like it's going to be a huge family reunion um, with people with a larger group. Let's let's Mm -hmm. let's let's ask for that. That's my ask for the folks making the sequel to Easter Sunday. Yes. (laughs) Midnight Mass. Not the scary kind. Not the scary kind. On Netflix. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So that title's already been taken. So I don't know. Something something holiday related. Another. Uh, It has to be holiday related because Easter Sunday is like holiday. What is the 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 uh, midnight mass called in Tagalog? It's like Simbangabi. Simbangabi. Yeah, they're not gonna call. Oh it my gosh, that's what it should be called. <laughs> Nighttime church. I don't know. Nighttime church. <laughs> church at night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other uh, thoughts as far as things that uh, any any wishes for perhaps this film or a sequel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I'm I'm so happy we're getting a taste of Filipino stories with Easter Sunday. And I'm, again, I'm glad we're going, you know, yeah. <laughs> to, you know, um, but what I, I hope for next as we continue on this path of seeing more Filipino stories on film and more TV and like more stage I, I do want to continue adding more nuance to these stories because mm-hmm. the Filipino experience is quite nuanced. Like just you, right here, it's like, why do I have seven cousins and you have a million? Yeah. Um, it's nuanced. Um, and I know it's it's our first shot 
at getting a Filipino American back a Filipino American story backed by a studio and you know the story is being told in such a big blockbustery way um so maybe you know people in production were thinking oh we need to try to like squeeze in as many like Filipino references into this film so people can try to get to know more about Filipino culture it's it's mm-hmm. hard to fit in all the details but i think what i do want to see is more of more detailed um fine stroke stories you know this mm-hmm. was such a a fun and like a, a story that that will definitely reach amongst all cultures because i feel like and like lydia and tia said you know this kind of dynamic can be seen in in families across the board there are commonalities but what i do want to see is like um what is specific filipino american trauma and like what does it mean to really be in this like liminal space and Mm -hmm. like what it means like maybe what it means to like why is the accent so uh, you know we we kind of got into that with this movie but i just want to go just a little bit deeper and you know, this is our first time doing it, and I, I know we'll get there, but um, I think that's that's what's uh, my biggest takeaway as far as, you know, like what I want to see more of, like just more yeah. nuance. I, I definitely agree. I feel like, um, to your point, this is the beginning. Let mm-hmm. this let this not be the end. Like, I what I don't want to see is the studios be, be like, okay, here. There, you happy now? <laughs> Let's move exactly, on. exactly. So, I we don't need performative representation. Yeah. We need actual representation. And I will say, another critique that I do have for the film is that I did look up who the writers were, and they were non-Filipinos. So I think that um, I know that the politics is ch- challenging in the entertainment industry, but. If there is a way that we can get like our head writers of these scripts, um, have people who are of the culture write, um, write the script, write the story, you know. So mm-hmm. um, that's what I hope to see for the next films. So as we close, call to action, everybody, go see the movie. Mm-hmm. Go see the movie. Celebrate um, what is a milestone for the community. Um, support financially so that the folks who are running the entertainment business know that there is a, a fiscal stake in creating more content that is catered to Filipinos and Asian Americans and people of color um, for audiences that are more diverse. And then hopefully we will get those more um, nuanced, diverse stories that are still relevant for the community, but um, aren't simply a family film that is palatable to all audiences. I would love to see um, a Filipino film up for like a freaking Academy Award or something. For best drama. For for a drama. (laughs) Or a comedy or anything. Or comedy, because comedy is also drama, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) But the, the the point is, go see the movie. Yeah. Support the art. Support support the people doing the work to create content for you, for the community. Um, and these are these films 
our gateway to keep people employed um, Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and in front of the camera. It's not just like the representation in front of the screen. Um, This is an opportunity to get more people of color behind the screen so that the nuanced stories so that the nuanced stories can be told. Yes, I know there are Filipino writers out there, y'all. Yeah. They are out there. Just like, you know, after going into acting, I thought I was like one of few, but there are a ton of there Filipino are ton. actors. There are a ton. There's and a ton. you got to speak to two amazing, amazing actresses, <gasps> um, which like I can tell you're still on like cloud nine because of that. Sure am. Proud of you once again for holding it down for me, Search Podcast. Thank you again to uh, Tremendous uh, Communications. Thank you to Jeremiah, Abraham, and um, Ashley Rapuano for helping us get into the room. Uh, we talk about, you know, getting a seat at the table, and you literally had a seat at the table. Hell yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. Yes. And shout out to Jokoy for freaking breaking the ice, dude. Thanks, Jokoy. Thank you, Jokoy. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Go see the movie.